There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning in to this Wednesday edition of the podcast. We're certainly thankful for each and every one of you that listen. We appreciate the work of the Lord in using the podcast. We've had folks even today that have reached out to us how the podcast has been a help and a blessing to them. I do hope in the future it is a continual blessing to you. We want to preach the doctrines of the Word of God, the thing that separates Bible believers from every other religion, including the independent Baptist movement and religion, is the idea that we believe every Word of God is pure. And that's not some kind of boastful statement or some kind of foolish statement, but we've had to separate from men that do not believe that. They correct the Bible, often in ignorance, often unknowingly, and they say, well, that's not really what that word means. That's not really what the Word of God is saying, and that's part of the thing that has driven us uh, to have this podcast, a daily doctrine devotional. We just preach the Word of God and tell the truth of the Word of God. Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept must be upon precept, here a little and there a little. As we go into Matthew chapter 7 once again, we'd like to remind you that this coming Sunday, following uh, Monday through Wednesday, 7 o'clock each night, we'll be in Stockton Springs, Maine. We'll be at the Cornerstone Bible Baptist Church, Brother Pelkey. Looking forward to the meeting there. The following Sunday, we'll begin in Oxford, North Carolina, and be there through Wednesday with Brother Cecil Newton. A man of God that's had us in now for the last 16 and a half years. One of the first churches I ever preached in in evangelism was the Grace Baptist Church in Oxford, North Carolina. We certainly look forward to the meetings coming up. Look forward to what the Lord is going to do. As we look at Matthew chapter 7 again today, he starts in verse 15, beware of false prophets. Now, we could preach that for quite a long time. Now, there's prophets and there's false prophets. Prophecy is a proclamation of truth. There are still false prophets in this world today. They proclaim they have truth. Apostolic leadership, apostolic conferences, apostolic titles today are false prophets. It doesn't matter across the board if they have apostle or apostolic in their name. Uh, For the most part, there could be someone slipped through the cracks out of ignorance. I understand that. But for the most part, they believe they have apostolic gifts and they're liars, they're deceivers. And it's crazy how even though the Word of God explicitly says that men were apostles, men had those gifts, yet we see women today that claim to be apostles of God without fail. They've deceived the masses. They've lied to millions. And they're independently wealthy. Uh, The riches have flowed. Therefore, they assume they're godly because they have that gain. They're false prophets. And that's what a false prophet does. He's in religion for the prophet that it brings him. Not P-R-O-P-H-E-T, but rather the P-R-O-F-I-T, the prophet of the prophet. And he says, beware of false prophets. Why is that? Which come to you in sheep's clothing. They appear to be holy. They appear to be righteous. And I believe a false prophet, as soon as he says, well, this is really what God means here. I believe we need to perk up our ears and listen because the word of God is 
not privately interpreted. There is no private interpretation. The Word of God has been expounded over the decades and the millennia by good men of God, faithful men of God. Much of that has been passed down to us, either word of mouth or through writings. And so we have a lot of the information that's needed today to believe the Word of God, yet without faith, it's just an exercise in futility. And a false prophet is hoping that people are ignorant enough, and it's futile that they would believe the Word of God, and therefore they come to him for guidance. That's what a false prophet does. He doesn't necessarily have an apostolic name. He doesn't necessarily uh, have a, a name that's associated with what we call a false prophet. There are wolves in sheep's clothing. Why are they in sheep's clothing? They appear to be holy. There are Baptists, and many of them, and especially a lot of them, we see in the Reformed movement, denied the Word of God. They're calling for the change of the Word of God. They've accepted new versions, promoted new versions. He says, inwardly, they are ravening wolves. What does that mean? They're to devour the flock of God. I've known some wolves since I've been in ministry. The evidence is they devoured the flock of God. I've known men who've taken fairly large churches, and they've gone there and absolutely rent them and destroyed them. When they were just a blithering blob on the, on the tarmac of life, they moved on to the greater and higher grounds and greener pastures, and there they wreaked havoc and they wreaked destruction. Why is that? Because they were ravening wolves. They had no business in ministry, but yet God has told, told us to beware. We are to beware. We're to watch. We're to ever be vigilant, walking circumspectly, being honest about what we're looking at. I've been accused, as, as most men have been accused at some point in time, you run into personal conflicts and people say you're a heretic or a fraud or a phony or, you know, a false prophet and whatever the case may be. But all these things are judged by the word of God. And this is still the context of chapter 7, verse 1 that we've dealt with, which is judge not that you be not judged. We're still in that same context. And therefore, we judge a false prophet because his prophecies don't come true. We know that according to the scripture, thou shalt not fear him. But yet they also proclaim to have gifts from God. They proclaim that God is doing these marvelous works, and oftentimes they're faked. I saw that in the Independent Baptist in Asia. I watched as the big name preacher came on Sunday morning. There were hundreds and hundreds of people packed this building out. They sang a song in Tagalog that all of them knew. And then the afternoon service came, and the nobody preacher comes, and there's about 15 people sitting there. And I asked the young men, I said, where in the world did everybody go? And they said, well, it was a big day. We went and brought people in. And the pastor didn't want an empty church for Dr. So-and-so to be here. So we went and brought people in. They went out in the highways and hedges and not only compelled, bribed them to come in. They might show uh, what a great minister they have. Why? Because they raise support for that ministry. And most churches won't give you support if you show four or five people sitting in a pew. But if you show the hundreds of people you're reaching and you're asking for money for an orphanage and for a parsonage and for a Bible college, they'll send in finances. He told me, beware of them. They're ravening wolves. They don't care about the flock of God. They only care about their own pockets. I know a church that paid for a parsonage for their pastor. And their pastor had an in-ground pool. And that wasn't enough. But the young preachers in the church went and had to clean his pool. That was part of the deal. And so they went over there and cleaned his pool for him because he was showing the great uh, prosperity God had given him as a man of God. And really, they lived in poverty, but he was showing them that someday you also can have this. Someday you also can profit from this. He said, supposing that gain is godliness. He told us from such turn away. Why? Because they're false prophets. When you see a man that thinks the financial gain of ministry is godliness, he's a false prophet. He said, such turn away. Why? Because they're in it for gain. They're hirelings. 
How much money does a man need to live? He needs enough to survive. How much is that going to be? Whatever God provides for him. I've often made light of this, and I certainly don't want to cause offense, but I've heard people even testify about how they knew the will of God in ministry based on financial profit. How we just knew that God would prosper us. We knew that God was leading us. Why? Because it was a great paycheck. God forbid an evangelist do that. God forbid an evangelist make a forsake a church that he can't really gain from financially and go to a different church because he knows the finances are better. God forbid I ever make those type of decisions. God forbid I put myself in a position where I consider the offering or lack of an offering in choosing whether or not I go to a church. I've made a policy of mine. If we're invited, Lord will, there's no doctrinal problems, no issues with qualifications. And if those issues do not rise up, then we're willing to go. I've made that our policy. It doesn't matter what they promise or what they don't promise. False prophets are everywhere. He told us to beware of them. It's identifying them. And here's how you identify them. You shall know them by their fruits. What are their fruits? Everybody wears mini skirts and short shorts and goes down mixed bathing at the pool. And they go down there into fornicators and they, they socially drink and they have no separation from God. There's no personal separation in their life. Their husbands and wives can't get along. They're adulterers at best at heart, but most of them in their actions. Pornography abounds. Drunkenness abounds. They can't break habits. That's the fruit of their ministries. Divorce is a fruit of their ministry. Many of them in themselves get divorced. The women that are prophets, they get divorced. They have affairs because that power goes to their head. They think that power is going to provide for them. You should know them by the fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Do you see godly fruit in most ministries? You don't. The reality is you don't see godly fruit. You see numbers. That's what they count. They count the cars in the parking lot. They don't count the, the fruit of ministry. They don't count the church plants. They don't count the missions they sent to the mission field. Now, they don't count the labor. They don't count those that have truly been born of God and are laboring to, to do the work of Christ. No, they just count what they see in the parking lot. They count the numbers of people. I've been in churches where their saltwater aquariums cost more than our church building costs, far more than our church building costs. I've been in churches where they're so proud of their paved parking lot, they spent $350,000 to pave the parking lot, and they're so proud of that parking lot because they've. I've been to churches where they have six parking spaces and it's gravel, and in the rain comes, you got three inches of water. You know what? They're still a church. False prophets have told people for years prosperity is the evidence that they're a man of God. And the reality is, he said, no, their fruits are how you're going to know them. It's not the fruits of their wealth, the fruits of their riches. It's the fruit of their ministry. And therefore, you see grapes. Do you see that coming out of thorns? Do you see figs coming out of thistles? No, you don't. So the fruit is, is unsavory. Their fruit is unpleasant. The fruit of their ministries is vile fruit. They are those naughty figs of Jeremiah. There's no taste to them. There's no, uh, no satisfaction with them. The fruits are not desirable. I had a man years ago, he showed me their wrestling ministry. I was there for a wedding. It's a church that I normally would not attend or fellowship with. But they showed their wrestling ministry, how they're reaching into the community. And they had pink mats for the girls' wrestling team. We talked about how they're trying to get more girls to come and wrestle. I thought, my goodness, I bet they're trying to get more girls. Imagine the boys that'll come out of the woodwork. They get to wrestle with a girl. Imagine the, the preachers that'll come and try to participate in wrestling because they get to wrestle with teenage girls. That's the fruit of their ministry. That's the fruit of what they've labored for, wrestling. You can fill in the blanks with music, fill the blanks with drama, 
sport, entertainment, you fill in the blanks with any of those things, say this is the fruit of the ministry. And those things are not good fruit. They're not grapes. They're not figs. They're naughty fruits. He said, even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. And you find a man that's preaching the word of God, there's going to be good fruit in his life. He's going to be a holy man. He's going to live separated unto Jesus Christ. He's going to have holiness as the center of his life. He's going to have godliness as the center of his life. It's not going to be this loose living, flim-flam ideal that we just kind of, well, we're all Christians here. We all know we don't really live this way. Let's just be honest about it. Let's be open about it. And I've heard that mindset mentioned openly. Well, we're all, you know, we all know that, you know, we all don't live this way. And I just have had to publicly say, no, I actually do live this way. This is my, like it or leave it, this is my life. This is how we live. We don't alter from this. We don't deviate from this. There's things we do. There's things we don't do. There's things as the Lord of my household that I've established at our home, some to the good, some prior to the bad. But those are things that we do or don't do. It's not hypocrisy. We don't go to church and pretend like we don't do these things and actually go do these things. It's not just good preaching. It's actually good living. And when you live it, you can preach it. And you'll bring forth good fruit in your ministry. Why? Because you're not a false prophet. You're actually living what you're preaching. You're doing what you say others ought to do. He said, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. It didn't say bad fruit. It said evil fruit. What is evil fruit? Well, it's the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. People so proud of their church, so proud of religion, so proud of what their church has done. They filled 1,400 shoeboxes for Samaritan's Purse, and they're so proud. That is the fruit of their ministry. Nevertheless, the neighbors are dying and going to hell. Nevertheless, the bars are still open. Nevertheless, the abortion clinic is still busy. Nevertheless, all these things have taken place. They've never given thought that they've never impacted one soul for Jesus Christ. So what is that fruit? It's evil fruit. You say, well, feeding the poor is not evil. Well, if it doesn't accompany the good root and the good tree stock, then it is evil fruit. He told you that. A good tree bringeth forth good fruit. A corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. That's all they can offer people. They can offer them a, a cot. They can offer them a hot meal. Those things are not wrong, but that's all they have to offer. All they have to offer people is their contemporary service. That's the pride of their life. That's their joy. That's the only thing they can find pleasure in in religion is their contemporary service and how the band grooves and how the, the worship team, man, we got some hotties in the worship team. Woo, and that's just the boys with their six-pack abs and their skin-tight little effeminate T-shirts. Boy, man, what a worship team we have. And that's all they find pleasure in. They don't find pleasure in God. They don't find pleasure in the Word of God. They don't find pleasure in the deep things of God and the treasures of God. They don't find treasures in the prayer closet in that secret place. They don't find pleasure in fasting. And they certainly don't find pleasure in giving. Those are good fruits that only God can bear from a good tree. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. It's impossible. You see contemporary worship that appeals to the flesh. You know it didn't come out of good, a good tree. He said, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. It's not going to happen. You don't see holiness come out of godlessness. You don't see holiness come out of this modern worship. That's what's wrong with it. And I've had churches I've preached in for years, and they finally just ran me off because they wanted to go that direction. They love the idea that we, we'll just get everybody to come. And, man, our church will finally grow. And, man, we can have fellowship. And we can finally have pizza and wrestling teams. And, man, the girls can finally dress the way they want to dress. And, you know, if you're carnal and wicked and full of hell, of course you want the girls to dress how they want to dress. That'd probably bring great pleasure to a pig like you. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, he said, ye shall know them. So that good tree 
by the way, it bringeth forth good fruit. But a tree that does not bring forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. What is that fire? It's everlasting fire. Why? It goes back to what he spoke of. They're false prophets. They're preaching without a message. They've never heard from God. They have an ideal. They have a religious idea. They maybe were raised in religion. And they, this is what they say. I can do it better. They see the historical advantage of religion, the historical prosperity of some religion. And they say, I can do it better. I can build it better. I can make it bigger. And so everybody comes and is sensual and everybody just operates in the power of the flesh. There's no power with God. And he said, one of these days it's going to be hewn down and cast into the fire. He said, whereby by their fruits, ye shall know them. What are those fruits? Again, the fruits of righteousness, the fruits of peace, the fruits that only God can give. Are they seen by those things? No, it's all false. It's all folks pretending like they have peace while they're at church. It's folks pretending like they have joy while they're at church. And they may have some kind of happiness, some kind of a little thrill, adrenaline rush from the dancing around and leaping around and rolling their eyes back in their head and swaying back and forth. It might give them some kind of a sense of peace. But why doesn't it carry over into their home? Why doesn't it carry over into their private life? Why doesn't it carry over into their personal life? Why doesn't it carry over into their bedtime and their waking time and their private time? Why don't they have that special private time with God? Because it's coming down out of a tree that's not a good tree. Therefore, it's not good fruit. But those peaceable fruits of righteousness, glory be to God. That's what God offers. That's what God gives. That's why you need a man of God. Tell you it like you need to hear it. And again, once in a while, go ahead and go get in your face. Because I don't, I don't like to get into my face. You're right with God. It won't bother you too much. You know, the man of God loves you and cares about you, tells you the truth. They won't bother you too much. But beware of false prophets. How do you know they're a false prophet? He told you. You'll know them by the fruits. What is the fruit of their ministry? There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.